Good morning, good morning, everybody. This is Justin Bennett, Coach JB, on another episode of Full Court Pressure. Uh, This morning, uh, the day after Independence Day, we are going to talk about uh, what it means to be a multi-sport athlete. Um, You know, my background, uh, being an athlete in high school, I played four sports until they told me I could only play three. Uh, I played basketball, football, ran track and also played baseball and I want to talk about uh, what are the benefits of being a multi-sport athlete you know can a multi-sport athlete still be very successful Uh, there are a lot of people who think yes and there are some who think no Uh, so I want to get into that and talk about you know being a multi-sport athlete can you do more than one sport and still be a really successful athlete so when we come back we'll talk about that Welcome back to Full Court Pressure. We talked about being a multi-sport athlete. As a high school coach, I have coached basketball on the boys and girls side. I've coached volleyball. I've coached men's lacrosse, boys lacrosse. I've coached track and field. Uh, I'm now in the process of coaching football at the high school level. I've coached a number of sports. And I can tell you that, you know, as a multi-sport athlete, it makes me feel good to coach so many other sports to impact so many other lives. And just like I felt when I was an athlete playing all those multiple sports, man, it helps me uh, get my performance going. It helps me perform better in each of the other sports that I, I participate in off, off of, uh, each season. And so I want to talk about being a multi-sport athlete. Can you be successful doing more than just one? Uh, well, we're in the day and age of having a bunch of trainers, uh, specialization. The old school athlete is the athlete who has school spirit. The one who played every single sport for their school because they wanted to be good at everything. I remember playing football because all of my my buddies played. And if we were going to be good in football, I wanted to be great in basketball. If we wanted to be great in basketball, we wanted to be great at baseball. So I wanted to play every single thing uh, that my buddies played. Now, with that, I was the only three-sport athlete in my school. So it made me feel good because I was contributing to us being successful. And not only was I a good athlete, I was a really great athlete at all sports I played because I worked hard at it. So, what is it with today's kids? You know, why is it that kids don't want to be a multi-sport athlete? Is it parents pushing kids to do just one thing? Are kids getting worn out? And later on in this, I'll talk about what I think has led to more injuries, what I think has led to more um, some of the ups and downs of not being able to compete as as good as they can because I think more kids should be multi-sport athletes. So participation in multiple sports can lead to better performances. You know, that's, that's what the statistics show. 
and it makes it more likely that kids will become successful athletes in college and beyond. Also being in multiple sports, it lets kids play for the sake of the game rather than focus on winning and losing. And that's the, the, the important part. Play for the sake of the game and not worrying about winning and losing. Having been a multi-sport athlete, I've also won Athlete of the Year in all three of those sports when I played in high school. I was a track athlete of the year. I was a basketball athlete of the year. I was a football athlete of the year. I was an all-conference player in all three, you know, in all three of those sports. I was an honorable mention or an all-state player in all of those sports because I love to compete. And sports taught me a lot about life. Again, which I mentioned in the first segment, you know, uh, some kids play to play. And you do have to play to win, but it's all about competing because these are things that you're going to have to do in life. And it taught me a lot. So at what age should you start focusing on one sport? You know, some people do it as early as seven years old. Um, And I think that's why when kids get to about that middle school range, age of 13, coming into a freshman year, 14, 15, uh, they're burnt out on it uh, because they're only concentrating on one sport. Should kids only play one sport? I think while some kids spend the whole year playing one sport, um, health-wise, I think they're you know that kids should play multiple to find out what they're good at. Also, the skills are transferable. So, being a multi-sport athlete, I think in today's world would bold to fit you a lot better than it would just playing one sport. And again, you're in a day and age of having trainers. Um, if I, you know, if you play basketball, you spend all of your time playing just basketball, just doing just basketball drills, softball, just doing just softball things. And I think that's where injury creeps in because you're using a set of muscles on one sport too much. Now, being a multi-sport athlete for me, I got a scholarship to play in college. And I played two sports. So I was on scholarship to play basketball, and I also turned around and ran track. And it was probably the best thing for me. And out of four years of high school, four years of college, a little bit of CBA basketball, a little bit of overseas basketball, never once got hurt. Never once. Never once got hurt. Until I got up in my 30s and I was only playing basketball once or twice a week, then it started creeping in. Now I'm almost 40. And, you know, though, in my mind I could still play, uh, but my body is kind of worn down. But I can vividly remember going from football to basketball, having maybe a week to get prepared, never getting hurt, making the transition that quick, and then going straight from basketball, having a week or two maybe to get prepared to go straight into indoor track and outdoor track. 
and never got hurt and I was always going. Summer ball, you went to open gyms. You went to football practices when you could. June ball was still the same. You played basketball with your team. You went to team camp. You played in summer leagues. Then once football got around, you focused on football. And I think that's another thing too. Me as a coach, if I have a young lady that is a volleyball player and volleyball is in season, she should be committed to volleyball. Okay? If I have a young lady that is playing soccer and she is in soccer season, I think she should be totally focused and committed to playing soccer. And I have seen coaches who say, well, you got to be here, you got to be here. Well, yes, as a coach, I want kids to be there. But if you have kids in multiple sports, let them concentrate on that. Don't hassle them about it. Go out and watch them play soccer. Go out and watch them play softball. Go out and watch them play volleyball. Encourage them to. And that's where the school spirit part comes in. If you have ladies that play volleyball and they grow together, they grind together, they love being around each other, get them to come out and play basketball too. And I think that's an important piece of what's missing in our sport today. What we have to do is we have to start preaching a little bit more of that school spirit. For instance, you know, whether a boy's sport or a girl's sport, from football to basketball to track or football to basketball to baseball, or volleyball to basketball to softball. If across the board, those sports aren't doing very well, then what is the problem? Because coaches are working their butts off to make sure kids are improving, that kids are getting it, that kids are uh, doing the right things. You game plan as, as best you can. You make sure you're, do, you know, you're teaching the fundamentals. But if you're across the board, not very good each and every year, or you have one good year and some down, a lot of down years. What's the common denominator? If you're struggling for numbers, if the talent is just not quite there, you need you need the extra push. And this is one thing I've always talked about. If you have some talent and you need more talent, what what do you have to do to maximize everything you have? And I think you have to be able to push each other in practice. So. School spirit, those girls from volleyball, again, they grow together. They like being around one another. They grind together. Those girls from volleyball, if they want to be successful, they should come over to basketball. Once you play basketball, those girls should go together and play softball. They should all continue to play each sport with one another. Whether it's softball, whether it's track and field, whether it's volleyball or soccer, they should all do those things together. So that not only they can be more successful, the school and the sports can be more successful. If you have a basketball team that's just not quite there, you want to get more girls out. But how do you get more girls out? Well, you know, I've actually heard some girls say, I just don't like practicing. I'd rather play basketball games, but I just don't like practicing. Or the season's too long. And I think that has a lot to do with specialization. They don't want to practice for certain things, but they want to practice at other things. So, for instance, if you're a, a softball player and, you, and you're doing hitting, you know, hitting practices and, and fielding practices and batting practices before the season even starts, or let's say you do play softball and 
and and soccer and basketball and you're doing those things you know you're doing softball things during the soccer season and the basketball season and by the time you get to softball I, I think you are kind of worn out because I think that you're 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 using those muscles that should be resting or those muscles should be being used in another way so how do how do we get the the school spirit back up I guess is what we need to figure out Playing multiple sports is not a bad thing. You know, the cost has gone up. Well, I think because you have a lot of people that don't participate like they used to. But if you look around at the really, really good programs, you know, especially in our areas down here in Greenwood, you know, the Center Groves, the, uh, you know, some of the other top programs, you know, those girls compete, those guys compete in three, two different sports. They want to make sure that they are good in everything. And then you have, you know, it's, it's the Patriots effect. When somebody's really good all the time, people just hate you. And it's not those kids' fault. They want to compete and be the best at everything. And I think everybody should. You can try to build it up. You can try to, you know, promote it and do that as much as you want. But the kids have to want it too. They have to get a buy-in part of it. And that's the part we got to figure out. So what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and finish our discussion and talk a little bit more about what it means to be a multi-sport athlete. Back to full court pressure again. We're on segment two. And we're going to continue to talk about being a multi-sport athlete. You know, um, I was just sitting here going through my phone a little bit and ran up on an article that was written about me in 97. Mind you, I graduated in 1998 from Stephen Decatur High School. And there was an article written about me uh, right before I won an Athlete of the Year award through the Decatur Athletic Hall of Fame Council in Decatur, Illinois. And I want to read a little bit of that to you uh, because I think that's important. It's, the, the, the name of the article is called Bennett, a Rare Breed Indicator. And it says, 20 years ago, the best athlete in your school played everything, football, basketball, baseball, track, wrestling, whatever. They didn't have an offseason because their school needed them. It was called school spirit. It's an era that would have fit Steve Decatur Sr. Justin Bennett well. While many of the best athletes in Decatur sit on the sidelines nine months out of the year, honing their skills for a brief three-month run at the headline, Bennett goes and goes and goes. And shout out to one of my good friends, Scott Cober, back then, uh, who wrote this article for the Decatur Held in Review. Uh, because I, I'm not a person that likes a lot of attention. I was always a popular athlete. I did not like a lot of attention. Still don't. I'm just a worker. I, I, I consider myself as blue collar, uh, and I just like to get the work in. And if whatever comes out of it, comes out of it. You know, I never expect anything. Uh, but continuing on with the article, it says. No, not one of his teammates from the Running Reds ultra athletic basketball team that was 27 and one joined him 
in track this spring, which is a shame. Wouldn't Michael Wilder have made a natural long jump or sprinter? Couldn't Chris Rice have heaved the shot put deep into the stratosphere? Even guys like Marquise Richardson and Shaylen Bond could have done something, but they didn't. None of them. And then it goes on to talk about some quotes that I put in here uh, as a young 17, 16 year old at the time. And I say, you know, I told Mike if he came out, he could probably jump 22, 23 feet. It says Bennett said after winning the high jump at the Tuesday area's best meet. I said with Chris, he doesn't go out because he's focusing on academics, which I can respect. But most of them, I don't know why they don't do it. And Mr. Cobra goes on the right, says Bennett knows why he does it. He does it to maintain a 3.4 GPA while shuffling through and between football, basketball, track and field teams. He does it to stay busy. Uh, There's a backside to that as well, because growing up where I grew up, uh, I was not very fortunate. I had a a brother and sister that passed away. My, My brother, uh, was 13 when he passed away my sister was eight when she passed away but they had some serious health complications and I spent a lot of time having to help raise them and take care of them uh, because they were solely dependent on someone taking care of them because they were confined to wheelchairs Uh, and both kids had cerebral palsy and I didn't get a chance to do a lot of the things that normal kids did like earlier on in their youth like play basketball and do some other things because I had to help take care uh, of my brother and sister and of course my mom didn't work Uh, in addition to my youngest brother and sister I had another brother uh, as well who was three years younger than me and so uh, this kind of all entails a lot of different things on why I did so many sports but again you know I didn't meet my father till I was almost 20 uh, never had a relationship with him, and sports was was kind of my teacher, uh, along with the gracious help of my mom, who was an awesome woman, and my grandmother. Um, but the article goes on and says that worth ethic will carry Bennett into the future in college athletics. He is currently weathering wh- whether he wants to play basketball or compete in track and field in college. He may still do both. But it goes on to say, you know, even even though that I was a really good basketball player, a really good football player, a really good track and field runner, couldn't have been even better if I had concentrated on one sport. And I go on to say, yeah, sometimes I wonder about that, but that just isn't my style. And again, I'm 16, 17 years old talking about what my style is. And Mr. Cobra goes on to write, his style is to help wherever he's needed. Bennett understands that the running Reds could use more kids like him, lots, in nearly nearly every sport. At a school where there are 2,000 plus, where nearly every coach is hurting for numbers, Bennett is an angel. And so they interview one of my coaches, uh, Tim Cruz, who was probably one of the best coaches I have ever had. And he didn't sugarcoat anything. He was one of those guys that was always on me but hugged me afterward and he goes on to say I admire Justin for what he's done 
and he ended up coaching me in football and basketball. Uh, there are a lot, he says, there are a lot of kids who are just lazy. They've got too many excuses. It's like they're afraid to fail. That's what makes Justin different. He's not afraid to fail. And then Mr. Cobra goes on to say, how much have times changed since Cruz's high school days where good athletes were expected to play three sports? Try this. In a school where a bevy of gifted athletes walk the hallways every day, Bennett is the only one that plays three sports. The only one. Now, I took pride in that. Because again, it went back to school spirit. I wanted to be the best at everything. And so, going back to my basketball years. And this year uh, was my junior year of high school. We were 25-0 and 0 in the regular season. We ended losing in the semi-state going 27-1. and 1. And I talk about this all the time. The only thing I really, really can't get over is that one loss. You know, I played with guys like Tyrese Bryson, Torres Cook. We all went to really good good colleges. You know, Michael Wilder, Chris Chris Rice, Montreal Pena. You know, and some of those practices were hard. A lot of those practices were harder than games because we were so talented. And even though we were all best friends, we pushed each other. We, I mean, we would almost get in a fist fight because we were competing so hard in practice. When we went out in games, it was so easy. Now, and that was all to the credit, too, of having a really good coach whose name was Tom Cruise. He came in my sophomore year, and Tom Cruise had just come from Loyola, Chicago uh, with Mr. Brewmeister, but he was a longtime assistant uh, and good friend of Bobby Knight from the University of Indiana, and whose brother just happened to be Jim Cruise, who was a longtime head coach at Evansville University. And he was phenomenal in the way he got us to play. Now, he was no nonsense. He was rough. He was tough. And he demanded excellence. And, I mean, again, those practices we had, I mean, they were structured. They were fast-paced. They were, they were on point, and they had to be competitive. And any time that you didn't give 110%, he called you out on it. Uh, and so those are some of the things that I can remember. And those are some of the things that I try to bring into what I do as a coach, whether it's in basketball or football or coaching track. You know, give it your all. Make those practices tougher than they have to, the games have to be. So back to the article. I go on to say, I just love to compete. Sports taught me a lot about wanting to win. That's the problem with a lot of kids out here today. They just want to play to play and they get bored. You've got to play to win. So Mr. Cobra goes on to say, that's an 18-year-old kid talking, folks. So I guess this is my senior year. That's what 12 seasons of high school varsity sports would do for you. When you look around long enough and realize you're the only one with the dedication and desire it's easy to see what's wrong with everybody else he also goes on to say Bennett is right by the way scores of coaches in every sport will back me up on that the kids that don't listen because they know it all are a dime a dozen the ones that take their criticism and come back the next day for some more 
Well, those are the kids that are special. He asked me a question about, I guess, about competing again. And I said, I play, I would play even if I was the only one on the team. That's just my style. Now, in, in reading that article, you know, it takes me back. Because some of the things that we were talking about in this article are still prevalent today. How do we get kids to buy into being multi-sport athletes? It's, it's okay to play more than one sport, even if you're not very good at it. You can be if you work at it. But I also think that us as coaches, uh, what we need to do is we need to allow those kids to explore. Again, you know, I, I, I want to be, be a winner on the basketball side, and I have been. I've, I've been a really good winner, but I think that's because I've allowed my kids to be themselves. I've required excellence, but I've allowed them to be themselves. If a young lady is playing soccer, I want her to concentrate on soccer, not try to get to every open gym after practice. Concentrate on soccer right now. If she's playing volleyball, concentrate on volleyball. If you're in softball, concentrate on softball. But what I think is, is that, you know, kids are specializing at a younger age now, and they're trying to pick and choose what they're going to do for the rest of their lives and I think that's the wrong approach to take and so uh, what we'll do is we'll take another break and we'll come back and talk about more of being a multi-sport athlete and what it takes and uh, I also want to talk about um, a little bit more of my personal life and, and, and how I came to be a coach Welcome back to Full Court Pressure, and uh, we'll continue our conversation on uh, what are the benefits of being a multi-sport athlete. So, uh, I want to continue to talk about um, what it means to be a multi-sport athlete, and what are some of the benefits. Okay, what are what are the benefits of actually being a multi-sport athlete, especially for young kids in middle school and high school? I think one thing is maintaining interest. Playing the same sport year-round can be boring for some young athletes. Kids break away from the normal routine, and they get to try something new. There's an extra level of eagerness and enthusiasm when they play a new sport. Uh, I think that's very important. Again, uh, giving them something to look forward to. You know, taking their mind off one thing to the next. Uh, and let them go to the next is a thing that I think is very important. Uh, number two, I think uh, overuse injury prevention. I've talked about this already. Uh, using the same muscles repeatedly for a long time can lead to serious injury. By playing different sports, players stress different muscles throughout the training. Playing different sports or playing multiple sports improves the overall strength and conditioning of the athletes. It provides them time to decide which sports they really love. It's important that kids are able to try new things. Having options will allow kids to decide what they really like. Exposure is more significant than specialization. And I think that's a big important point right there. Exposure is more significant than specialization. Having options will allow the kids to decide what they really love. 
So when we tie them down to just playing one sport, are we hurting them? And I think we are. Number three, I think being a multi-sport athlete, it can help them become a more dynamic team player. Kids learn how to be on a team in different situations. It can help reduce having social anxiety. Kids can learn how to deal with adversity. You know, for instance, you can be the star quarterback on your football team, but then when you get to basketball, you can sit the bench. You know, it it teaches them how to deal with adversity and work for what they really want. You know, in conclusion... Participating in multiple sports can provide cross-training that can improve certain physical skills as well as mental toughness. Multi-sport athletes display improved health and wellness, including decreased injury rates, improved athletic performance, improved leadership skills and teamwork, better attendance in school, and better academic performance. Now, that's not to say that if you just do one sport that you're not going to always be at school and that you're not going to have, you know, good grades. I think what the research shows is that, you know, if you're involved in multiple sports, A, it helps you with your body from being injured for, you know, you won't be injured as much or it'll help you from being injured. Two, Uh, It'll actually improve your athletic performance. Uh, It'll also improve your leadership skills and your teamwork. And it is just saying that, you know, you'll have better attendance and better academic performance. So so those are some of the things that I think are the benefits of being a multi-sport athlete. And there are a lot of other things that maybe I didn't mention. Um, But, you know, this, you know, me going into my second season at Greenwood High School, uh, as the girls head coach, I love Greenwood High School. Uh, it is just such an amazing place, and I've been to some really good places, but Greenwood is very special for me. Um, one of the things we struggle with, and I think not just in girls basketball, I think overall in all girls sports, as I've done my research, is is getting numbers to be competitive. Uh, and when we look around the surrounding areas, like a Whiteland, like a like a Center Grove, like a Franklin. Uh, Shelbyville and some of these other places, uh, you know, look at the really good schools, the Columbus Norse, you know, uh, some of these other schools that are in our surrounding area. Uh, they have numbers, you know, they have competition in practice. They have they have that school spirit, and the same girls that we see on the volleyball court are the same girls coming out to play basketball, and they're really good. The same girls that are playing volleyball and basketball are those same girls I'm seeing out there on the track running, and they're really good, you know. And those girls are there during the summer, and those girls are there during June ball. Those girls are there doing workouts. They're getting better every single year, and I think that's something that at Greenwood we have to change, uh, and that I want to change. I want to help this program to be the best it can be, and it takes some time. It does, and I think. That's what us, you know, as parents, we have to understand. Uh, we have to be patient. We have to, you know, change is difficult. And here I am being a third coach in three years for a group of girls last year. Uh, and they've never had anybody stay longer than two years in the last 10 or so. 
and this is the place where I want to be. This is the place where I where I, where I really want to build something that is special, and I want to see it through. And so, um, you know, that's going to take some time to 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 build the the program up to be respectable and build the program up to be you know something that's fun to be a part of and I've met some really great young ladies that I that I am so glad to have back in the program uh, there will there may be some that won't join us but I still love those girls and I hope they decide to come back you know uh, but again I I think you know having multi-sport athletes I think if we have girls who are doing other sports we have to allow them to concentrate on that and when they do come back out for basketball then make sure that their focus is solely on basketball. So uh, earlier I mentioned, um, um, you know, a little bit about how I got into coaching. Uh, and I, one of my best friends, Randy Saxton, asked me to start coaching. Oh, man, back in 2005, 2004, I think, at the International High School of Indiana. He was a girls coach at the time, and that is where I started my career. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful that he did that because here I am now, I'm still a high school coach. So I was just, you know, his lead assistant, uh, for seven and a half, eight years at international, um, spent a year at center Grove on the boys side, um, as an assistant and then took my first head coaching job at Indianapolis Marshall, uh, over on the East side. And we had a special run with some young ladies there. Um, more of my territory because I grew up in public school. Um, we had an ultra athletic group of girls that finished 16 and six, made it to the sectional championship only to get beat by eventual state champion heritage Christian, who is a powerhouse. Um, then turned around the next year, had a really good, you know, 13 and eight season with a young group of kids. And then, uh, Marshall was getting ready to be a takeover school by the Indianapolis Public School District. Uh, and so I didn't want to get caught in the crossfire and had to leave. Uh, I go to Cascade. Cascade had a wonderful group uh, of young ladies uh, and great family, great atmosphere. Uh, two weeks into getting hired at Cascade, the athletic director and the principal that hired me, they both leave. So I get a new athletic director, a new principal. And, you know, I love those guys. Uh, I think they were great. I think um, that it was tough for them to keep me uh, because I wasn't their guy. Uh, but they, they respected me to the utmost. And um, me changing jobs at the time, I thought it was best for me to go ahead and, and leave that post. That was a great job. That was a great place for me, a great experience. Uh, I ended up going back to where I started and taking over the boys program at International High School. And man, I had a wonderful time, at, you know, three years there uh, with a great group of young men. Uh, and we, you know, we, we made the program better. And so now a good friend of mine, and um, Scott Adams, has taken over over there. Uh, and also one of the guys that was my lead assistant is... is uh, Aaron Thompson, who has taken over the girls program over there. We're going to have a Coaches Convo podcast coming up where we talk about building programs and uh, establishing a culture and coaching style. So it would be good to get those guys together uh, at the round table and start talking hoops before we get started here. Uh, 
uh, and everything. And I mentioned about my life and how I got into coaching. And, I, you know, my college coach, George Barber, who was a, a guy that was at the University of Kentucky, he always he told me my junior and senior year that one day I would be a coach. And I told him he was nuts because I was way too competitive and I could never coach somebody like me. Where here I am, uh, you know, 13, 14 years still in it coaching coaching sports not just basketball but coaching multiple sports so uh, I want to touch on an issue uh, that has been always close to me Um, I talked about losing my brother and losing my sister uh, at a young age now I lost my sister uh, when when I was in seven eighth grade and that was the first time I really got a chance to do some things as far as athletics because um, I didn't have to t- help my mom take care of it, you know, a lot like I used to. Um, and there was an article written about me going through some adversity and the way I grew up um, as I was going into the state championships in track and field my senior year. And, and it was a unique situation because I had a principal at the time who was also a high jump state contender too. So I had gotten a lot of advice from him, uh, but it was called Jumper Keeps His Eyes on the Prize. And the subtitle on this section was um, Overcoming Personal Tragedy and Adversity, Steve Nicator's Justin Bennett Heads in the State Meet. Um, and the article goes on to talk about a few things, so I'll read a couple of excerpts. It says, considering the tragedies in Bennett's life and Steve Nicator's track and field lean results in recent years, the height of Bennett's accomplishments stretch even higher. And I go on to say it's been a long time since anyone's gone to state from Stephen Decatur. For me to have the privilege of going to state is just a blessing. And that's me as a 17, 18 year old kid talking, you know, uh, because I had been through quite a bit and seen so much. I was just blessed that I was, you know, that I didn't end up like some of my other friends dead or in jail. Um, John Davis, who was my track coach, um, great guy, man. He he trusted in me and, and mentally prepared me to do a lot of different things. Uh, he made a comment in here, and he said, I think Justin was just ready to go. Um, he took it very seriously and didn't want to talk to anyone. He just wanted to be about his business, and when it came time to jump, he did what he needed to do. I went into the sectional as the number four, number three jumper, and I ended up PRing uh, in the high jump and the long jump. But in the high jump, I ended up jumping like six eight or six nine, and hadn't had you know hadn't had you know really any training. Um, but it talks about you know me being on that team that was twenty seven and zero or twenty five and zero. And going to state a couple of years in a row was were the height of my achievements. Uh, but a few months after that basketball season, um, my 13-year-old brother Jericho died of pneumonia. About three years earlier, um, while I was competing for an eighth grade state championship, my younger sister Heaven died of the same ailment. Um... I was asked a few questions about it and I kind of said I want I wanted to give up but my mom said they would want me to keep going and work harder. 
that has been really the key to work hard. The circumstances uh, have compacted the Bennett family. His mom, Gwendolyn, his younger brother, Joel, into a tight-knit group. And it says Bennett is also particularly close with his grandparents. Um, You know, that was something that my mom told me that I needed to do. I needed to work hard. You know, she, I, I never, compl- you know, anytime I complained about something I didn't like with sports, she was just say, well, quit. If you don't like it, then just quit. I'm like, quit? You know, I, you know, my mom was never the one who would come and approach a coach about anything. And it was like, it wasn't like she needed to. But she always kept things in perspective. There's always, you know, there, there are other people who would love to be in a position that you're in. And that was something I had to remind myself. You know, here it was, I had a brother and sister who couldn't walk, who couldn't run, who couldn't talk. And, you know, I would sit here and complain about things that had no bearing. And so I was forever grateful for that. So um, for young kids today, uh, and even parents too, I think what we have to do is we have to encourage our kids to fight through a little bit of adversity and try to navigate through crisis on their own sometimes and sometimes not saying anything or just giving them healthy advice is a good thing so um, what we'll do is we'll come back to talk about a couple closing arguments or a couple closing comments and uh, you know and get your thoughts on what you guys think about having multi-sport athletes back here on full court pressure and just a few closing remarks about um, why should your kid be a multi-sport athlete Uh, I want to talk about a couple things on our these closing remarks that maybe will help you or maybe help some of our listeners that are parents or some kids who are listening uh, consider and really 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 think about being multi-sport athletes not only because uh, you know, we want to help coaches win, but because it can help you, you know. Um, one thing, fewer overuse injuries. You know, growing bodies can become overstressed by repetition, and that stress can lead to injury. So, we definitely want to consider that. Number two, less opportunity for emotional burnout. You know, kids who spend so much time focusing on one sport and whose families are similarly solely focused uh, risk tiring of the sport altogether. Specializing raises expectations, the cost for parents and travel club and everything else on youth athletes too. Having a variety of experiences uh, keeps things interesting. And I totally believe that. Uh, Number three, exposure to different kids. You know, soccer friends will be different from swimming friends uh, who will want from the kids in your Taekwondo class to do. Um, Exposing kids to different sports allows them to share teammates' experiences uh, 
and make memories with a diverse group of peers. That's something that I really think is true as well. Uh, I've made a lot of friends over the years and through high school, especially in college with guys I still keep in touch with. And we talk about a lot of different memories. A lot of those memories that we talk about have nothing to do with whether we won or lost the game. It's about road trips. It's about hotel stays. It's about trips to certain arenas, certain people we saw, uh, you know, certain things we laughed at. Uh, so those are the, the important things that, that really go into it. And uh, I had a good network of friends and people because I played so many different sports in so many different places that helped me grow. So number four, exposure to different roles. You know, being a bench player on, on one team uh, is a different experience than being a starter or the star on another team. It's an opportunity to broaden your experiences socially and developmentally. Uh, that is one of the most important things that I think that you can get out of being a multi-sport athlete because it does help you prepare uh, for real-life lessons. And last but not least, number five, not putting all your eggs in one basket. Uh, playing only one sport limits your options. An injury, a bad experience with the coach, a reduced role or on a more competitive team, uh, it, can it can bring an abrupt end to an athletic career. Uh, such a small numbers of a high school athletes move on to play college sports anyway. Um, you know, if you really want to go to college, you know, college coaches want to know, do you play other sports? Uh, as a person that stays in contact with college coaches who has friends from college that are now college coaches, uh, the number one question or one of the first questions is, is that, you know, do they play other sports? And that's important. That is very important. Do you play other sports? Uh, again, a lot of things are transferable. So I want to say I appreciate you guys listening to my podcast today. Uh, we were talking about being a multi-sport athlete, and hopefully you got something out of this. and Hopefully it uh, ignites a conversation that can be had throughout all schools with all athletes and all parents. Uh, and we will definitely continue on this on this topic at some point. Uh, one of our next podcasts will be with a with a group of coaches that we're going to talk about program stuff. You know, how to build a program, what it takes to build a program, building a culture uh, with your program, and, and coaching styles. Um, you know, I'm going to get a good round table of guys that I trust and love being around, and we're just going to have an open discussion about some of these things that we've gone through in our coaching careers and how we want to, you know, how do you build a, a really good program? How do you gain interest to get bigger numbers? How do you build a culture? What's acceptable? What's not? You know, how do you coach your kids? What do they accept? You know, what is your, what is your coaching style? You know, so those are going to be some of the things that we start talking about on our next podcast. Uh, and again, I, what I want to do is as we end, I want to read my quote of the day. Again, on Facebook, I always post um, my morning motivation uh, that I love to post. And today I said, um, every day we have the opportunity to cast our cares and surrender our worries to God. The choice is, our, the choice is ours. He is willing to take our frustration and pain and exchange it for his joy. Are you willing to let go? So that is something that you got to ask. Are you willing to let go? Thanks for listening.